Intentionally, but I could have hurt her feelings because of the answer I gave. So I'm glad I had a chance to explain that, Misty. But we do that. We're not the only ones that have been hurt. We have also been on the other side of that fence where we said something mean, and sometimes we actually meant to, didn't we? We actually meant to say something. Or when we walk away, we say, boy, I wish I'd have thought to say this. I really wish I'd have said this because that would have really got them. And it wasn't something like, I love you and God loves you. No. No, it's something much more vicious than that. And we may play that record for days. God, I wish I could have that conversation again because, boy, I'd hit him. I'd hit him. I'd let him know what I really think. So there's those times in which our lives don't reflect Jesus Christ. How many times, how many times have he had the opportunity to pop us? Oh, there you go again, Wayne. You did it another time. Here you go. Oh, Wayne. Wayne, you shouldn't have said that, buddy. How many times could he have, but didn't? But instead he said, Wayne, I love you. I love you. 
and more I study His Word, He's not forcing me in any form or fashion, for He has given me the freedom to make decisions, but I want, I want to please Him. I know when I was about the age of getting a driver's license, my older brother, he didn't give me a lot of advice as we grew up, four years between us. His world was totally different. But he said he never wanted to be thrown in jail because he did not want mother and dad to ever receive that phone call. In like manner, the more we know about Jesus Christ, the more we want to please Him. We've got the freedom to make the decisions. He's given us that because He loved us. Instead of making us zombies, He left us to be free-spirited. But sometimes we do not use that spirit as He would call us to do. Forgiveness does not come easy. And asking somebody to forgive us does not come easy. As I prepared this message this evening, I reflected back on junior high and high school. I know this is going to surprise you, but I said things to professors I shouldn't have said. Surprise? I don't see anybody with a shocked look on their face. I know one time I got to workouts and one of the coaches pulled me over and he said, Wayne, I think you owe this teacher an apology. He was right. But evidently the teachers in the lounge or whatever, some of you have been teachers or married to teachers or whatever, y'all know how that works. But he knew what had transpired in that class. And I agreed with him, but I did not have the courage to go back and say I'm sorry. My pride would not let me, even at that young age, about an eighth grader, I found that so hard to do. I agreed I owed it, but I didn't do it. I didn't go back and say, I'm sorry. And I had a similar situation in which in my senior year at Monterey, I was taking a, a math course that was way over my head. I thought I wanted to be an architect, and they said, you're not going to get architecture school unless you pass this course. And they might as well have been speaking in Chinese. I did not understand what they were talking about. I didn't care about pi or square or round. I didn't care about that pie. <laughs> and one time I was, I don't know, I was reading something that I had on my desk and I brought in, and uh, he said, Wayne, are you paying attention? I said, no. He said, I remember. No. Why not? He says, and I said, because I don't understand a thing in this class. And up to that point in time, he had busted himself trying to help me, almost like a tutor would. And from that point on, I was on my own. No laugh, raft, or anything else. I gave a wrong answer, and I was sorry. But we can't take the words back. But at least I should have been big enough to say I'm sorry. And how difficult that is. Right now, I'll tell each one of you, and if you raise your hand, I'll call you by name. If I hurt you, I'm saying I'm sorry. 
and that came upon me this evening as I was preparing this because I don't know which ones of y'all I have heard but I'm sure some of you I have maybe all of you you know turn the mouth on and no telling what's going to happen but I'm sorry if I hurt you and for those I have hurt I am sorry that I did I was not reacting pro being proactive and speaking as Jesus Christ would do and I do want to please him I do want to please him more than anybody for what he has given me and you you are my gift you are my gift going back to our study on forgiveness I'm going to go back with basically where we stopped this morning and I'm going to pick up right there because it is so important. So important. In Matthew, the 6th chapter, in the 12th verse. Matthew 6, 12. And forgive us our debts, our many congregations say trespasses, as we have also forgiven our debtors. As a football team, we would always kneel in the locker room and say that prayer before each and every game. So I say it out of just memory recall without giving a lot of thought to it. And I ought to be thinking about each and every word. It's kind of like pledge allegiance to the flag. We do it out of recall. But it has such powerful meaning. But forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Whoops. I've already told you, there's times that I did not, I have not forgiven. So I hope I'm not being judged the same way I have judged others. I don't want that kind of judgment. Say, oh, time out, God. Time out. Let's not judge me the way I'm judging this guy, but let's judge me because I'm a good old boy. Uh, it doesn't work that way. No matter what good things you have done, you're not going to earn your way into heaven. We are to love. We are to forgive. We're seeking forgiveness. It also works the other way. I am to forgive those that have hurt me just as I want God to forgive me. Forgive us our debts as we forget our debtors. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, and your Father will not forgive you your sins. If we pause, it sounds like that's a conditional love. But before we can be forgiven, it's only if we forgive others. It sounds like that, doesn't it? It sounds like this is a conditional deal. But if it's conditional, why did Jesus Christ die on the cross? Didn't he die for my sins? Isn't it a sin when I treat someone wrong? We make mistakes. But we try to overcome as we get closer and closer to the Lord, and I would recommend that you, in your own way, that you 
that you go another notch or two in your studies of the word. Bible studies, women's groups, men's group, that you study the word of the Lord. There's some fantastic books on, on CDs. And that's where I read most of my books is when I'm traveling. And the word of God is with me. And I said, whoops, let me put that on rewind. I want to hear that again. I would recommend that you do that because the more you love him, well, let's say the more you study the word, the more you will love him. The more you love him, the more your life will reflect Jesus Christ. Where others will see that, they don't have to ask you. Haven't you been around people like that? That you can tell in their mannerisms, they know Jesus Christ. I have given out countless crosses to DPS officers. <laughs> you know, there's been a lot of conversation with kind officers when they have pulled me over and said, Mr. Hollinshed, did you realize you were... Hmm. But I can tell, and I also have been told by other police officers that you do not offer a gift to a police officer until it, it's said and done. Either they say this is a warning or they're saying here's your ticket. But once it's all done, then I ask, do you believe in Jesus Christ? I have never had one of them say no. So I hand them the cross and I tell them the original, uh, the orientation, that's not the word I'm looking for either, where it came from. The source of this cross coming from a man that by hand is carving each and every one of these out with skill saw and so forth. And they appreciate it. <laughs> one of the last ones. One of the last ones. As he's walking away, he looks down and I catch him. He's already walked past me, but I catch him looking at it cross as he walked off. You see, I can feel that there was something special about these officers. One of these days, I'm going to be wrong because there are such people that do not believe in Jesus Christ. They're good people. But up to this point in time, let's just say I've handed out a few of these crosses to DPS officers. And I'm glad we don't have any 16-year-olds sitting here today. Do not repeat what you've heard, man. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But folks, this is not con conditional. It is not conditional. You and I have Jesus' promise that He died for our sins. So it is not a condition in order to get to heaven. It's more like this is what I have given to you and I'm asking you to give to someone else. Give to them the kindness you want from me. Give them the love you want me to give you. Give them forgiveness as I have forgiven you. I've got uh, quite a few uh, verses of Bible to read today. 
I was talking to Dusty Calloway and I told him go ahead and come up here tonight but make sure you had lunch or dinner first so he wouldn't get hungry during this service. That I had a lot to say tonight. But it's what he has to say. So I'm going to be reading a little bit more than I usually do. You know I have trouble with reading anyway. But we're going to go to the Lord in His words. His words that are always true and perfect. And we're in Isaiah now, the 53rd chapter. And one of the folks that's here tonight has asked me to uh, give not only the book and the chapter, but the verse because he's looking them up. So I'm taking a little bit longer to get to that point. But this is God's word long before Jesus Christ. Like 600 years before Jesus Christ. And listen to the word that he has given before his son was even given birth. So in today's timing, think of the promises he has given us. And people got very impatient. The Hebrews did. When are you going to send us this Savior? You've been talking about this ever since Moses. Where is he going to be? Abraham told us about him. Where is he? We may be saying the same thing because it's been over 2,000 years. But remember each one of our days, or one of his days is like 1,000 years in our time. Different time schedule. So we are not as followers of Jesus Christ to forget the work or become impatient because it is true. Whether today, tomorrow, or 100 years from now, it's his timing and his timing is perfect. He is giving time to us so everyone in the world has a chance to accept Jesus Christ. Everyone has heard the word. Either it is accepted or it's turned down. But they've had the opportunity to learn about Jesus Christ. Look what is said in, in Isaiah, the 53rd chapter and the 5th verse. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed. What a visual that is. He was crushed for our inequities. Not his. But he was crushed because of my sins, the sins of Wayne Hollinshed. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wound, we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him, meaning Jesus, the inequities of all of us. All on his shoulders. So when we read this word of Jesus Christ, in which he says, you will be judged as you judge, do not doubt for a moment that your sins have been forgiven. But it doesn't end there. It does not end in the baptistry. You have a responsibility to reflect the love of Jesus Christ, to be a mirror, if you will. Just as a mirror reflects light, so are you and I to reflect the light of Jesus Christ so that it will touch others. And don't ever doubt that others can read. They can read you. 
They can read whether or not you're a happy person or if you're a sad person. They can read. First Peter, the third chapter, and the 13th verse. First Peter 3, 18, 13, pardon me. Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear the threats. Do not be frightened. But in your heart, revere Christ as Lord always. For God, for Christ, this is 18th verse. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous to bring you God. He suffered for each and every one of us so that we can have the opportunities of joy and happiness because that's what he wants with each and every one of us. Go back to the Garden of Eden. He had the Garden of Eden set up perfect. Joy, life, and life for eternity. And all that man had to do was stay away from that one tree. See, that was showing his love for us because he gave us an option. Let us make the decision. But his, his dream his vision was that we would have happiness forever. No suffering, no pain, no cancer, no hurts. But peace and love and heart. That was his dream for you and me. And it's still his dream for you and me. And he has provided a way to get there through his word. And when we stop trying to live it our way and try to live it his way, to humble ourselves, just as I did not ask for forgiveness from those teachers, too many times I have not asked him for forgiveness. You know, we can rationalize our sins. We say, well, you know, this must be God's will or it wouldn't have happened. Or, you know... I just uh, I just told a little white lie. I didn't tell a big lie. Yeah, I heard old Joe. But he deserved it. He deserves to be hurt. We rationalize it. Instead of trying to live it the way he has taught us to live it, in that we are to be kind to Joe, or Jim, or James, whatever, I'm glad I know now and who we're talking about. He's a good friend. But we have asked to be forgiven even for the little things. But we are very slow even to the point that I still remember those professors because I did wrong. I did not ask for forgiveness. I did not tell them I apologize. And it's still to this day resonates with me because the teacher was doing their job they were doing their job 
but they had a smart aleck student sitting there in their classroom. So I was the one at fault. And those aren't the only two, and you know that. In the book of Psalms, the 32nd church, <laughs> the 32nd verse, verse, see if I can get that out, 32nd verse, David says, and this is the very first verse in 32nd chapter. Really threw you off, didn't I, Earl? <laughs> 32nd chapter, the first verse. Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them, and whose spirit is not deceit. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. In other words, I didn't ask for forgiveness. For day and night, your hand was heavy on me. My strength was snapped, and in the heat of the summer, as in the heat of the summer, then I acknowledged my sin to you, Lord, and, and did not cover up my inequities. I said, I will confess and my, all my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Right here in the Word, He's telling us. He's telling us that we can live with the pain and the suffering if that's what we choose to do, but... There's another option. Just like Adam and Eve, there is another option for you and for me. And that is to surrender our pride and our ego and ask for forgiveness. Ask for forgiveness. With these two professors, I would cherish the opportunity to run into them and get United Supermarket in Lubbock and say, I'm sorry. I would cherish that opportunity. But he, he knows my heart. And his blood has washed our sins away. So that there can be peace. God's already forgiven me. For I have asked for forgiveness. But I'd like to have the chance to say I'm sorry to those individuals. So that they knew. So they too knew. One of them is not here. He was murdered. Several years after I was out of, uh, out of high school, this professor was murdered. So I missed an opportunity to say I'm sorry to him. But I have Jesus Christ and he knows my heart. And I don't have anything you don't have. I don't have anything that you don't have. We have Jesus Christ. And I'm sure I'm not the only one that has those times that they want to have a do-over. You may have seen the movie where the guys go off, three buddies go off and play cowboy for a week, and they talk about life as a do-over, and you get a second chance. Well, you and I have second and third and fourth chances to do it right. And in my case, it's taken a lot more sometimes, more than even five times, that I keep going back. 
Lord, I need a do-over. Forgive me for what I have said to others. Forgive me for what I've done to others. Forgive me. In Luke, the sixth chapter, this 37th verse, Luke 6, 37. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. I am very thankful for Max Licato's writings. You know, he's a good old West Texas boy, and he says it's simple so I can understand him. He is not a, a, a theologian. I know he is, but he doesn't speak like one. He, he speaks like a good West Texas boy, so I can understand what he's saying. And I have used his, his words so many times. An illustration that he used in this book was, let's say you had a neighbor that you did not like for whatever reason. He didn't mow his yard regularly. He had trash all over it. He had his, uh, his music too loud for whatever reason. And you've asked uh, this neighbor to kind of cooperate with you so he can do it your way. You, you know, we always feel like ours is the right way. And so you go to him and he says, you're going to have to live with the music. You're going to have to live with the trash, whatever it is. So you go down to the grocery store and you pick out things that are the most detestable items for a, di a diet that you can think of. Things that you just hate. So you, you don't buy them ice cream and chocolate chip cookies. No, no, that would be good. So you come up with something that just tastes yucky. I don't know how you spell yucky, but you, it's yucky. And so you take it and you give it to your neighbor hoping that he'll get sick on it. And then you go across the street to your house feeling pretty good about yourself. You say, boy, I, I got him this time. And then you open the refrigerator door. And what do you have in your refrigerator? Exactly what you gave your neighbor. What you give, you will receive. What you give, you will receive. If it is yucky, don't be surprised if you don't get yucky back. But if it's joy and happiness, don't be surprised if you don't get that back. When you smile at somebody going down the aisle that you've never seen before in your life, don't be surprised if they give you a smile back. I am going to share a story I've never shared before. And please don't think it's because Wayne is such a good guy. Because I know you have plenty of reasons to dispute that. <laughs> but there was one time in United, and this couple with a little baby, were, and they, from, uh, they spoke Spanish. And they were trying to figure out what was on the menu. And I saw them going through their pockets, and what they found 
loose change. They were trying to count to see if they had enough to buy what they wanted to. And I just stepped up and I said, man, I'll buy you breakfast. I mean, it wasn't but five or six dollars. It's not like I hit the hip for 500. But I, I could see there was some stress there and I knew they were traveling through here. They weren't from here. So I, I just made a kind gesture. Before that couple left the store, they brought to me a card. They went over to the card rack and bought me a card that cost as much as breakfast did. <laughs> you bought the Hallmark cards. Telling me what a nice guy. Don't tell me that joy given out won't bring joy in. Some of y'all have seen my house. You've seen the cards all over the house that I put up here and there because it makes me feel good. You have said something nice about me, and that helps me keep my, my battery charged. That helps me think in my low times, hey, I might be okay. Otherwise, Nikki and Paul wouldn't have sent me that card. And they gave me that card that I kept for at least a year. And it wasn't because of Wayne, but it was because God put that in my heart to help that couple out. So while we give out, we can go to our refrigerator theoretically and find that's the same thing we get back. If we're mean, if we're vicious, if our words are painful, do not be surprised. Don't come to me in a session in the office and say, why is everybody so mean to me? Uh, well, as you give, so shall you receive. And if you give forgiveness, you will receive forgiveness. I'm going to read a letter that was sent to Max Licato. Max, thank you so much for speaking on forgiveness at Promise Keepers in Syracuse, New York on June the 7th and 8th. I was there. Just went, want you to know, I went home, talked to my wife on many subjects about forgiveness. The best two weeks of my life. You see, she went home to be with the Lord on June the 24th. Totally forgiven. How wonderful is His love. Thank you so very much. He said, and Max Licato got permission to print that. And Max called him to see if it was okay. And he said that his wife passed away without any warning. It wasn't like she'd had cancer and the doctor said you only have weeks left. It was nothing like that. She had something that was sudden, let's say a heart attack. Something that took her away totally unexpectedly. But he looks back at those two weeks before she passed away as the most wonderful two weeks of their marriage. He asked for forgiveness. She asked for forgiveness. They cried. They held each other. And when she went home, none of that was an issue. He did not have regrets. Oh, I wish I'd have said this. I wish I'd... No. They said it. Because he studied forgiveness. And he asked for forgiveness. As he always asked the Lord for forgiveness. Not condemning her. 
It's not a contest. It's not one of those situations, well, I wouldn't have said this if she hadn't have said that. No, that's not it. We're accountable for what we do. And we ask for forgiveness for what we do. Jesus Christ has asked us to do that. For that is what He does. That is what He does. He doesn't say, well, you didn't serve me when you had the opportunity. So here's a check mark against you. You were very rude to that minister the other day. Put a line through that another times. It says that we are to forgive all. And something made me squirm when I read in there that we are to forgive our ministers. I squirmed. He said we are to forgive our ministers for when they have wronged unconditionally. But we are not to give them the pulpit to continue spewing words that are like daggers. We are not to give them a pulpit in which to express things that are not biblical at all. Forgive. Forgive the minister. But don't give him a pulpit so that he can continue to do the same thing. And we all have pulpits, folks. All of us. Somewhere each day we have a pulpit. How are we going to use that pulpit to glorify Him or to be a, a negative force for all Christians? How are we going to use our pulpit? I'd hope we use it to spread happiness and joy. The same thing He's given us. And forgiveness. For that is what He has given us. Dear Heavenly Father, You have given to us unconditionally love. And in that love is forgiveness. And there are those times, dear Lord, that we get so upset with ourselves. And yet You forgive us unconditionally. Such love. Let us exemplify that love. Let us love our brothers and our sisters and let us carry a peace and a joy in the world in which we live that other lives are richer. Because of you, Lord. Not because of us, but because of you. The example, your teachings, and the blood on the cross for us. We pray this in your name. In the name of Jesus Christ who definitely is our Lord and who is our Savior. Amen.